You're listening to the best of the day. I say you, you the best. Halford and Bruff. You're listening to Halford and Bruff. Here's Suter down the right wing, left circle. Garland, he scores. Connor Garland set up by Pew Suter. Drive to deep right. Judge turning, watching. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. Good morning, Vancouver 601 on a Friday. Sweet, sweet Friday. It is Halford. It is Bruff. It is Sportsnet 650. We are coming to you live from the Kintech Studios in beautiful Fairview Slopes in Vancouver. Jason, good morning. Good morning. Hey, dog. Good morning to you. Good morning. Laddie, good morning to you as well. Hello, hello. Halford and Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. We are in hour one of the program. Just two hours and 59 minutes to go, boys. And then the weekend is here. Hour one is brought to you by everythingfinancial.com. Financial freedom awaits. Book your introductory meeting today. Visit them online at everythingfinancial.com. And we are coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at kintech.net. So many things, so many things on the horizon. It begins at 6.30 with Brady Henderson, our Seahawks insider from ESPN, is going to join us now. Be clear, the Seahawks don't actually play again until... Monday, Right. So we'll actually be back on the air before they play again. But Brady's going to give us a preview anyway. We'll talk to him about Monday Night Football, where the football giants are one-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Seahawks. Talk to Brady about all that, everything that happened this week. Jamal Adams is going to play mm-hmm. on Monday night, so we'll talk to Brady about that. 7 o'clock, it's Vanny Sartini, the manager of those road-weary Vancouver Whitecaps, who on Saturday, tomorrow... We'll play a home match for the first time in guess how many days? Uh, 32. 41. 41 days. Oh, BC Place is going to be busy this weekend. Yeah. I mean, I understand a bunch of shows came through BC Place, right? You went to see Coldplay at BC Place. Mm-hmm. They yep. came through. Was Rihanna here? I mean, I mean, it made that up. But <laughs> a lot of people bumped the Whitecaps to the tune of a 41-day road trip. So they return home. Uh, they play Wayne Rooney and DC United. So we'll talk to Vanny about that at 7. 7.30, it's the Moj. Did you see that Colin Kaepernick has been added to the BC Lions negotiating list? Is that how? Yeah. Is that what it's called? Maybe he wrote them a letter too. He might have. Yeah. We didn't even mention that yesterday, by the way. That he wrote. We talked about the Jets getting a backup quarterback and Trevor Simeon. Mm-hmm. We did not talk about the fact that uh, Colin Kaepernick wrote a letter. He's like, just let me come do stuff. They wrote him back, and you're like, you're 35. Yeah, I don't know if they even wrote him back. <laughs> they let the media do that. Everyone's like, it's been a long time. But, uh, so Moji's going to join us at 7.30 to talk about uh, everything that's going on with the BC Lions. 8 o'clock, Rick Dollywall will join us. Uh, Canucks lost another preseason game last night. Not many people saw it. In fact, I don't think anybody saw it. It was a uh, 3-1 defeat in Seattle to the Kraken. We'll talk to Dolly about that and a bunch of other Canucks-related stuff. Based on the uh, post-game interview with Rick Tockett, he wished he hadn't seen it. Didn't love it. Didn't love it. It wasn't low event enough. And believe me, based on I talked to a couple people that were watching it, somehow mm-hmm. managed to actually get to watch it. It was low event. The event that um, Rick Tockett wants more of is uh, one puck battles. He doesn't like that. 
We're not winning enough battles on the walls. You know what? We'll play all this later because we've got some audio post game. We did manage to get that. So other things on the go. The Ryder Cup is underway in Italy. I stayed up late enough last night to watch the very start of the tournament Mm -hmm. where they kind of, it's very uncouth for golf. They hold all the people back almost like pigs in a pen. Right. And then they open the gates and all the people run. They just go. Like pigs on the run. Right. Why, 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 all, the, why all the pigs I don't know. stuff? Maybe a pig. Uh, anyway. I woke up in the middle of the night and to I couldn't sleep. Couldn't sleep. Yeah, I was a little bit hungry. You're a pig. But I was also like, um, I'm going to watch some of this golf. And Europe is crushing the Americans. Yeah. Like, I'm actually at the point now where I'm like, come on, Americans, don't ruin the weekend by going down. Like, there's the potential right now for the first day to be over with and the Europeans to be leading something like 7-1. to one. So we're going to keep an eye on the Ryder Cup throughout. We're also going to do our NFL locks of the week this week today. We'll do that a little bit later in the show, probably right around 7.30 when we uh, talk to Moj. And don't forget, it's Ask Us Anything Friday. Moj is now gone from hating Ask Us Anything Friday to embracing mm-hmm. it. When he sends along his talking points for the week, he's always really excited to do Ask Us Anything Friday. And the reason I said BC Place is going to be busy this weekend is because the Lions host the Rough Riders tonight, and I'm going oh. with uh, with one of my Saskatchewan buddies. Is he going to wear a watermelon on his head? Uh, yeah, he does all the time. <laughs> it's just his regular yeah. 9 to 5 wear. Mm-hmm. Does he have a Don Narcisse jersey? <laughs> he does the narco shuffle all the way into BC Place. Another timely reference for the kids out there. <laughs> A touchdown dance by a guy that played for the Rough Riders in the 80s and early 90s. All right. Uh, that's what's happening on the program today. Guest list in reverse. 8 o'clock, it's Dolly Wall. 7.30, it's Moj. 7, it's Vanny Sartini. 6.30, Brady Henderson. Uh, that is the show. Laddie, let's tell everybody what happened. Hey, did you guys see the game last night? No. Oh, what happened? I missed all the action because I was... We know how busy your life can be. What happened? Missed that? You missed that? Well, we will begin on the ice. Actually, we'll begin by telling you that what happened is brought to you by the BC Construction Safety Alliance, making safety simpler by giving construction companies the best in tools, resources, and safety training. Visit them online at bccsa.ca. Now we go to the ice. The Canucks lost their third consecutive preseason game on Thursday night. Noted sniper Ely Tolvanen. He's actually not a bad player. Two goals for the Kraken. Canucks lose 3-1. At Climate Pledge Arena, also known as Climate Change Arena, or Lemon Pledge <laughs> Arena. No, no. No. Uh, that was no, Rick Tockett. No, no. That was Rick, need more Climate Pledge. <laughs> that was Rick Tockett in the aftermath. We don't have to play his audio right away. Say what you need to say, and then we'll play some Tockett. Um, I have a question for everyone. Is everything going right yet? Swimming start. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> Is everything going right? It's only the preseason, but the Canucks have scored two goals in the preseason. and Connor Garland the- and Pia Suter look good. That's mm-hmm. that's uh, the low yeah. upside. Uh, so Tockett was saying there yesterday that some of the guys might have been a little rusty. The guys that were playing their first games of the preseason, like, I don't know, JT Miller, um, Brock Besser, um, Apparently, Philip Peronic, I didn't watch it. I'm, I don't steal TV streams like some of you do. Uh, Too much more to figure it out, probably. Yeah, I, I was I was like, I think I've just got 30,000 viruses on my laptop now. Uh, Philip Peronic and Ian Cole played well as a pair together. So that's, that's good. Um, I don't think we need to worry too much about the scores because the Canucks basically played half their good players yesterday in Edmonton, or sorry, two nights ago in Edmonton, and half their good players uh, last night in Seattle. They lost both of the games. 
they've got three preseason games left. And based on what Rick Tockett said a few days ago, they'll make some decisions over the next couple of days and they'll get more full lineups for their final three games, all of them at home, two of them at Rogers Arena, one at Abbotsford. But there are some things that must be concerning Rick Tockett right now, even though he's not going to get too caught up in the final scores. Last night, in his post-game press conference, he talked about winning battles five times, mm-hmm. and the the message was, we're not winning enough of them. Got to win battles on the walls, said Rick. Gotta and win battles on this, the walls. Is, this is like the, the type of hockey he's going to preach. Mike, you've been talking a lot about low event hockey, and I don't know if he wants like the lowest event hockey ever, but certainly lower event hockey. And that another word for that, by the way, is boring. Yeah. Like not many shots, not many scoring chances, um, manage the game well, um, and it's going to be lower event hockey than certainly Bruce Boudreau was preaching, or whatever he was preaching, the Canucks were playing. High event hockey. High event hockey. Exciting you know. hockey. Well, no. But also I, losing hockey. I, I found it sloppy hockey, to be perfectly honest with you. That was the type of hockey they were playing. I'm not blaming it on Bruce necessarily, but that was what the team was playing. The Canucks are trying to figure all this out, and I think they got a lot of things in their head right now. I think Pod Colson, one of the young players, has a lot in his head. And Rick Tockett was saying, and Pod Colson did not have a good game last night. He took a penalty early on. Uh, he wasn't very good in coverage on the first Seattle goal. Uh, Tockett has talked about him just like thinking a lot out there. And I wonder if some of it is that these guys have been given a lot to think about, right? Mm-hmm. They're trying to they're trying to dial in their defensive play, and certain guys like Pod Colson are he's kind of struggling, and. One of the results, it seems like, of them being so uh, focused on the defensive side of things is that, like, where's the offense? Like, they've scored two goals in three preseason games. And even if we take the Calgary game out of it, they've scored two goals in two preseason games, Mm -hmm. and they're not creating much. They're not creating much offensively. And Taka was saying yesterday that they weren't even getting out of their own end. So they can't even create. So... It is not, it's okay to say this. It's okay to say this, okay? We're not writing off the season. We know it's still preseason. Please don't be like, oh, typical Vancouver media. It's okay to admit that I think the Canucks are having some struggles here. Like, they're trying to figure some things out, and there's a lot on their plate right now, and it's not going great. Yeah, I don't know. It's the preseason. I hate being dismissive of this. I know, I know, you got, I know, you got to engage, and I get it. But in or in, engaging means you got to go in the exact opposite direction. Be like everything's going swimmingly, which it, obviously there's some certain obviouslys that you need to throw into this. Obviously, losing every game is not what they want. Obviously, getting blown out ten nothing against Calgary is not what they wanted. But you're yeah, like, but I just said like the stri- results don't matter. The process doesn't look great right but now. But the process also didn't involve Elias Pettersson, Andre Kuzmenko, and Quinn Hughes last night. Yeah, it's hard until you see like the full actual lineup. The like, grass it is hard to kind he of. Keeps, he keeps saying mm-hmm. Pod Colson's struggling. Like, yeah, because they keep rolling them out there. I mean, it looks if this like was a real game. They just be like, okay, Pod Colson, you're struggling. You're not playing anymore. Nick Ward Hughes might actually be a thing. That looks like something like might actually might actually do. Yeah, I get it. Like it's not. But the onus is on the Canucks to. For me, the onus is on the Canucks to like be the team that they weren't last season. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like they, 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 like have you seen 
any like what are the good let's let's turn this into house of positivity i'll throw it out to the listeners what are you encouraged by right now teddy bluger teddy bluger casey DeSmith. Yeah. And I mentioned Philip Peronic and Ian Cole played well. So like the Beauvillier Suter uh, Garland line actually does look good. You mentioned that one, yeah. Like they actually look like they have chemistry. So, so maybe you put it you all go. together and you got a half decent team. We're gonna we're probably gonna find out. I don't, it, I don't know what kind of lineups we're gonna see. For example, their next game is Saturday against the Edmonton Oilers. The mo- okay, are they gonna go with like f- start going full lineups? The most for pus- these preseason the most puzzling games. Puzzling thing for me right now. If there was any one big takeaway from the preseason, it would be. A jumping off point from what you were saying. They have a lot of things to work on, right? Mm-hmm. So my most puzzling thing right now is like, why haven't we seen a little bit more complete of a lineup in any of the three games? Like, why not? Are you risking injury? Is that it? Because otherwise, why not let them have some more twirls together? Like, why not have a lineup where you've got all five guys on the power player? Your regular penalty yeah, killing. I think they will. But I that's what I'm saying. Will. Like, it's it's every time I look at. I mean, the, someone was complaining that they only had ten shots. Through two periods last night, I'm like, well, yeah, like Max Sasson's playing 15 minutes and, you know, I mean, Archdeep Bain seems like a real nice story, but he's going to be kind of a non-factor this year. And if he is, they're probably not going to be that good of a team. He like there's these guys are still playing 14, 15 minutes in a game. But I think a lot of the lot of the questions that we have about this team, um, we're looking for answers on them and we haven't found them yet. Three putt Shane texts in. Does this team, the Canucks, just not have enough hockey IQ in their lineup? No, what they didn't have was Pedersen, Kuzmenko, and Hughes and others in the lineup. Did you watch them play hockey last season, Mike? Did you watch them play hockey last night? No one did. Okay. <laughs> that, Not even I the Kraken fans. What, uh, the, the, the onus is on the Canucks to prove that they do have enough hockey IQ in the lineup. What do you think they focused on this offseason? They brought in guys that knew the game better. So here's why I'm not completely like being pessimistic here. Once you put some of all these these new guys together with the with the core guys that were already here, I think on paper, on paper, they have a decent team. Okay team, right? Mm-hmm. If you have Quinn Hughes playing with whoever on the first pair, and we assume he's gonna like let's say it is Cole McWard, you still like that pair, right? Mm-hmm. Just because Cole McWard's on that pair, you like the pair, right? So you've got those two together. And then a second pair of Hironic and Ian Cole, who had a good game last night in Seattle. I've always said, if you got two pairs that you trust, that you like out on the ice, then you're okay defensively. Third pair, and Su- let's say the third pair is Susie and Myers. That, that won't be bad for a third pair. So mm-hmm. the defense, you look at it, and as long as it stays healthy, then that's a big factor. You're like, okay, right? So up front... You got Kuzmenko and Pedersen together, mm-hmm. and are you going to say you like that? Probably, mm-hmm. right? Although I yes. think there's, I think there's a there's a conversation to be had about who plays on the wing there. I think there is legitimate concern about the second line of Miller, Besser, and whoever it's going to be. Sure, right? Besser's As a, a second bit, line, Besser's, Besser's a bit troublesome. Besser's troublesome. Um, if if McKay's healthy, Miller we, yeah. Miller five on five at times last season really struggled, right? Yeah. Okay, the beginning of the season, I know it was a different coach. I know he played better under Rick Tockett. He's now 30 years He's old. He's more than adequate 2C, I would say. Okay. Well, I'm going to call him elite, but more than adequate. That's okay. a real ringing endorsement. Yeah, and then then Andy's favorite line with Pew Suter and Garland and Bovillia as the, as the third line, and then you've got the fourth line. So on paper, you can talk yourself into this lineup, but you can always talk yourself into a hockey team 
when no injuries have happened, when nothing has really happened to them in the season. All I'm saying is that the first few exhibition games, to me, have not been particularly encouraging because I don't think any of the young guys have really, really stepped up all that much. Mm-hmm. And like one of the things we said at the beginning of the season over the summer is like some of the young guys have to make strides. It would be really great if Pod Colson made some strides. Yeah. Right? Well, and I mean, that hasn't happened. You're talking about the guy, the, the younger guys that they have more invested in. And that's specifically Pod Colson and Hogland. I think if you're talking about one of the biggest concerns just in general of this preseason, it's the fact that you they're all waiting on Pod Colson. And either I think there's two things that are going to happen here. One, it's not going to happen at all. And he's not going to become into come into a player or two. It's going to take a lot longer mm-hmm. than everyone envisioned. And this isn't a team that has like a huge runway or a ton of patience. Like Rutherford said, everything needs to go right. Yeah, I'm, again, I'm paraphrasing, but a, a lot of things need to go right for this team to be a playoff team. Like that's that's a fair assessment. But you also have to remember things going right means, you know, bottom six forwards flourish. They don't just play the league average or they don't struggle and go 20 or 30 games without a goal. Like mm-hmm. Everyone has to be pulling their weight. That's where the team is at. And if they don't, one, you're going to see more losses than wins. And two, I think you're going to have a lot of people keeping the receipts on stuff like Demko said, where they're like, this is a do or die season. Mm-hmm. Or analyzing the PD situation where it's like, is this where he finally says, okay, we've tried a bunch of different <laughs> stuff with this group. Do you mean like last season when people were saying like, remember when Bruce said it would be a disaster if this team doesn't make the playoffs? He was, he like, was sure right about that. He got the disaster part. Bang on. Demko but, uh, looked good last night. There's another positive. Yeah. Like, like, all, all, I'm really, saying, really good. all I'm saying is like, I am going to be like just sitting there with popcorn. Like this is referendum season mm. for me. But don't, right? don't, don't like, I guess my, one of my points is, is like this team does not deserve your unrelenting positivity. Is that what I'm giving off? Am I giving no. off unrelenting positivity vibes? I should hope not. Well, I hope I'm not giving off unrelenting pessimism vibes. Not you. But all but all I've been saying <laughs> Let's is Let's meet like, somewhere in the middle. <laughs> but, is there a middle ground? No, but this team doesn't deserve like your trust. They don't. They um, don't deserve your trust. They haven't earned it yet. Here's where I would be at. Um, if they go into the regular season and they start playing games of significance and the big dogs aren't producing offense or don't know how to play the structure. And I'm talking, and then like, let's say, or the power play is struggling, whatever. If, if the guys that are struggling, cause it's on it. Look, all due respect to this, this team, but this year is not a referendum on Nils Hoaglander and Vesely pod Colson and Jack Studnika, right? It's, it's a referendum on Pedersen Hughes. Who's the captain. Now it's, he's in charge of this thing. Demko and Miller. Like they're, if they sink, the team sinks. Mm-hmm. If they swim and stay healthy, everything we've been told means that this is a playoff team, right? So that's what it comes down to for me as we go along. The, I mean, right now, all I see from Tockett is a guy who's giving a lot of leash to a lot of bubble guys and is disappointed with what they're doing with it. I guess I just don't know what people want us to say after a game. I mean, Halford's usually you're you're just prepared to be like, oh, it's preseason. Let's not even discuss this. And then in the regular season, it's like, ah, it's just the first game of the year. <laughs> yeah, it's only the regular that. season. Yeah, it's it's just game 82. Right? Like, don't worry about it. Like, so, so people are saying like, oh, bruh, relax. I'm like, first of all, I am relaxed. I'm fine. I'm just talking. I'm very relaxed. I'm very relaxed. I'm not being defensive. You're being defensive. <laughs> I, but I'm just I'm, I'm just sitting there like this is what I'm seeing, right? I'm well, not I know, I know I'm not seeing. seeing a lot of good stuff. Yeah, it, it's and we want to see yeah, good stuff. I know, right? You just want to have like, oh, this looks good, this looks good, this looks good. 
you know, um, and I, I'm I'm really working hard. Like Heronic and uh, Heronic, or someone ripped me for saying Heronic yesterday. I, I like it. I, I don't know. It, does any player on the Canucks have a name that we can agree on how to pronounce? I guess JT Miller. We yeah. all agree that that's his name, Millar. right? Millar. Jete yeah. Miller. Miller. Uh, that's an accent ague over the T. So him and Cole played okay last night, and I bring that up. They didn't score. <laughs> you know, they, they weren't unbelievable. There was nothing, like, incredible about this pairing. The Canucks, Canucks were just pointing it out, or Canucks media were just pointing out because they were, like, looking for positive things. Like, I, I sometimes think that people get it totally wrong about this fan base and the media. They always say, we're looking for the negatives. Guys, after the Canucks lost 10 nothing. I listen. I listened to the. Uh, I listened to the intermission show on six fifty, and people and like Sat was working real hard to read texts and talk positively about Atu Ratu's good game. They were losing seven nothing at the time. Got to find that. And, and we're talking. So like, I actually think there's there's a real um, push in Vancouver from the media and the fans not to be negative, but to be really positive about. Anything. It was like it reminds me of like when Ole Levy used to make like one breakout pass, and you'd be like, standing ovation for Ole Levy. Guys, we got to be realistic here. We got to raise the bar. Rick Tockett was not happy with the team's performance yesterday. He's the head coach. He said we got to win more battles. He wasn't happy. It's okay. If we can watch these preseason games, nobody's flipping out. Nobody's not relaxed. We're just pointing out things that need to improve. Uh, You want to know who did show up for the preseason? Connor Bedard. No big deal. North Vancouver native. First overall pick in this year's draft. Made his NHL debut yesterday. Preseason debut. And his Chicago Blackhawks debut. And he put on a show. Uh, a pair of assists, including this assist, the game winner in overtime to Andreas Athanasiu. Hawks win, Hawks win. Here's the Bedard highlight now. Comesso, puck loose in the Hawks end. Dean to his feet. And here comes Bedard. Crowd on its feet. Bedard for Athanasiu. He scores! Okay, we need to figure this out collectively as a show. How are we going to approach this season with Connor Bedard? Because I don't really feel like I'm in a place where I'm prepared to cheer it's, oh, it's, for I'm the Hawks. For, it's I'm mixed for emotions. Mixed emotions. Or listen to that goal horn. Like, like I, it's, it's still Chicago. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. As a Lynn Valley boy, I'm very proud of Bedard. But yeah. at the same time, it makes me very sad because I just imagine what we could have had. Yeah. Well, no, it's not that. It's the that particular team. No. Oh, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, Chicago I really, is very unsavory. Not no, just because of... Uh, uh, 2011 and everything. The obvious. And, I've made yes. peace with that at this point. It sucks, but whatever. Can't can't we can't we hope that Bedard um, makes that team less hateable? Right? I, yeah, like well, he takes over. He takes. I don't want them to be less hateable. I like. I like hating other teams. Yeah. It is an unsavory organization. But I, I'm, hate is such a good thing. But I'm cheering 100 percent for Bedard. Oh, yeah. To be really good. So like, he seems like a good kid. You know what I loved about Bedard? His favorite player. Was Tyler Mott? He had a quote. Like, that is awesome. He's he was talking to the media the other day, and they were talking about like living on his own and being, you know. And then he had a line where he talked about he was getting into cooking, 
And then one of the reporters followed up, and he's like, uh, I'm not actually doing that. I just said that. So I had something to say to you guys. And I was like, yes. Someone's been media trained. This guy gets it. Just throw a what, platitude. What wonder how Tyler Mott feels about that. He's like, hey, nice. Can I have your autograph, Connor? Tyler Mott. <laughs> Tyler like, Mott. Uh, Do you want mine? I think he scored an OT winner the other night for, yeah. the, for the Lightning. I think he's going to fit in really well with the Lightning. Uh, he can play a pick up. What's that? Maybe he can play in net. Oh, yeah. Vasilevsky's gone for a couple months. And they have no backup. Oh, so that, no was, backup. that was some of the other news that came out yesterday. Spencer Martin is on waivers. Yep. Well, and, backups. So as soon as we're off the air today, we'll find out if he got claimed. Because that's how right. it works. Yeah. We won't be able to dissect any of it. But, uh, well, the it's report- noon Eastern usually, right? That's right when we get off the yeah, air. Right yeah, right when we get yeah, off the air. Yeah. 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 So um, uh, Freed said that there was reports that they were trying to work on a trade to move Martin before actually having to put him on waivers. This is the time that you do it. Early in the preseason is when he can slip a guy through. Remember the Canucks waved Markstrom one year, really early in training camp, and they slid him through and no one mm-hmm. claimed him, and then he went on to become Jacob Markstrom. Um, so, sorry, back to the Bedard thing. Just a couple notes on that. One, started at center, as everyone expected, with Taylor Hall on his wing. The other winger was Ryan Donato. I don't know if that's going to be the thing moving forward, but if it is... Good on Ryan Donato, who I did not realize was a member of the Chicago Blackhawks until last night. So good for him. This is the best of Halford and Bruff. Download the full show through Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the best of the day. Halford and Bruff. Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Dolly. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Dolly. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. 802. On a Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Halford Brav, Sportsnet 650. You are good at this, hey, dog. Laddie, you guys are very good at this. That is a fantastic intro. You are listening to the Halford and Brough Show on Sportsnet 650. We are in Hour 3 of the program. Rick Dollywall is going to kick off Hour 3 in a minute here. Before we get to Dolly, I need to tell you that Halford and Brough in the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Hour 3 of this program is brought to you by Campbell & Pound, real estate appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell & Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. We are coming to you live from the Kintech studio, Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at kintech.net. To the phone lines we go. It is time for Rick Dollywall here on the Halford & Brush Show on Sportsnet 650. What up, Rick? Gentlemen, what kind of producer do you guys have? Good guy? Good guy. Yeah, good he's a good guy. Real good guy. Yeah, Ryan yeah. Henderson just walked in here with a coffee for me and one for Taylor. Wow. Large. Mm. How is that? Good guy. How is that? Good guy. I don't know. Is there any poison in it? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, usually I go get the coffee for Taylor because mm-hmm. that's my part of my job. Right. Is to, and, the, you know, so I have to get the coffee. Henderson blows us away, walks in this morning. He's got a coffee for me, one for Taylor. I'm I'm in shock. I'm in shock. You buy you guys better get your producer on the ball there. I oh. mean, this is good stuff. I would never ever do that for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Why? Andy, I would, I would, why? I would spit in it. We have colleagues. You have <laughs> you have underlings. Come on, Sandy. Get it together. Uh 
Rick, were you able to watch any of the game last night? It wasn't I, on TV locally. Or were any hey. any takeaways? Because Rick Tockett did not seem uh, very pleased with the performance. Oh boy, yeah, I watched the game. It took me a long time. You know, with uh, this new age stuff, this uh, what, what was it a, a stream? It took me an hour to get. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I got it. I watched the periods two and three. Look, Tockett said some stuff that is concerning for me. You know, we got to win more puck battles. We need to be grittier in the wall. If Tockett is complaining about the lack of puck battle wins in the regular season, that's not going to be good. I'm yeah. going to be concerned big time. Mm-hmm. You look at Brandon Tanev. He's not a huge guy, right? He's fast and he wins a lot of puck battles. Former Surrey Eagle, Brandon Tanev. That's the type of guys that... Um, Tockett is looking for Tanev type guys, and, and Seattle's a fast team. Um, it's not, you know, I, I, he, I out of the blue, and he wasn't even asked about Di Giuseppe last night. Oh, you know, he worked his ass off. Good forechecker, heavy set player. We need more big guys who can play. Um, he is just looking for more guys that win puck battles. But boy, oh boy, if it's if it comes Christmas time and he's still uh, saying that in a post game, uh, there's going to be major concern. There's no question. Hey, what, what happened to the goal scoring guys? No, I know we and were I, talking about. We were actually we were throwing around the question of um, what do you think the Canucks are lacking more of? Is it the gritty type of guys that can win battles along the wall, or is it speed? Because yeah. especially with the Mikheyev out, and if you've got an update on Mikheyev, that's great. Because we were actually having the conversation. Another one was you know. Even if Mikheyev is ready for the first game of the regular season, is he going to be 100%, 90%, 80%? Because he wasn't 100% yeah. at all last season. He was still good. He had a good season, but his speed wasn't 100% there. No, and I think that's, that's another, like, you know, people are talking about how if the Canucks can um, shore themselves up defensively, then that produces yeah. counterattack opportunities, which in theory is true, but it often helps to have speed to take advantage oh. of those counterattack opportunities. But they haven't been a fast team for years. I mean, when's the last time you can say Vancouver had a, a super fast team? Uh, on Mikheyev, every time I ask about Mikheyev, I get um, patience. We're going to do this right. We're not going to rush him. Um, I always feel the goal. He skated 20 minutes, I think, yesterday or the day before out at UBC. The goal is the regular season opener, but I got the feeling, and you, you make a good point. If he comes back early and gets hurt again, and, and you know, we're in a bit of a, a bind here because he, you know, he keeps getting – he cannot come back – uh, Bruff until he's 100%. Yeah. I'll even go as far as saying 150%. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't care if he's there for the regular season opener, but don't put him on the ice until he's 100%. And, you know, he played at what? What did he play at last year? I think Milstein told me 70, 80%. Mm-hmm. And he still scored some goals, but he wasn't as fast as... Hey, look, they need him. But they need 100%. Uh, McKayev, I would not put him in. I've been told uh, by everyone on both sides when I ask about McKayev that it's got to be 100% and we're going to be patient. We're not going to rush the guy. You, you know the Canucks had in 55 minutes last night, the Canucks got their 11th shot on goal. Do you know for the first 15 minutes in the third period they didn't have a shot on goal? You know, So where's the offense? Miller and Besser were in last night. Patterson and Hughes were in in Edmonton. So, But the good point that I'm taking away from the 
last two games, Demko and DeSmith. And, uh, DeSmith. Yep. Uh, you know, they, Casey DeSmith, they've been good. So you can take away a positive is the goaltending's been good in the last two, but, uh, you know, the offense has got to get going here uh, sooner than later. Okay, you mentioned the goaltending. So Spencer Martin is on waivers. Oh, yeah. And we'll find out at 9 o'clock this morning, so after we're off the not, air. Not 9, uh, Hofford, not 9. No? 11. 11. 11. Okay, what do we they expect to hear? the times. What do you expect change- to hear? What do we expect to hear at 11 then? Okay, here's here. Let me let me let me get into Spencer Martin. Seventeen months ago, he signed that new two-year contract, one way, just over seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. His agent fought hard for that second year. The Canucks were only offering one. He got that contract on the strength of Martin being undefeated in his first ten starts as a Canuck. As soon as Casey DeSmith uh, was acquired, Martin odd man out right away. They started trying to move him right away. Save percentage last year, 871. Did not take part in any Canucks scrimmage at camp. No preseason games on waivers yesterday. Archer Silovs is not going anywhere. You guys both know that. Everybody knows that. And the Canucks are high on this summer signing. And Nikita Tolapilo. Hello? What are you guys? Tolapilo experts? Okay, how do you pronounce it? Tolapilov? Is it? No, let me try it once more. Nikita okay. Tolopilo. Tolopilo. Anyways, will you let me finish? The Canucks are high on him, Tolopilo. So I checked in with uh, Martin's uh, agents last night. There is some confidence. Um, there is some belief that he will get claimed today. you got Colorado, Tampa Bay, Columbus. Some teams got interest. A lot of teams have goalie injuries. They'd like to improve their third-string guy, their backup. But uh, when I checked in on uh, Martin's uh, last night and this morning as well, I, you know what, I don't, don't be surprised if he, gets, uh, if he gets picked up on waivers today. Do you think uh, Ty, where do you think Ty Smith is going to end up? Oh boy, I, 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 oh, Ty Smith, I love this guy. When you see a young defenseman like Ty Smith on waivers, 23 years old, mm-hmm. a former first round pick, always tempting for teams. The kid from the Delta Academy, I, I saw uh, Smith at the, the Delta Academy this summer. Was he at the uh, Vancouver Giants golf tournament a couple of years ago? Yeah, no, he was at that, he was at it this year, uh, Brock, I think. Okay, well, uh, I missed it this year. Don't yell uh, at me. He's uh, he's at Delta Academy, Gallagher, Bonner, uh, uh, what's the name, Jerry Johansson, all those guys. The, the, he's got uh, good ties to the Delta Academy. Anyways, listen, I believe the Canucks had interest in Smith in the last year, but look at what they've done in the, the past few months. Akito Horosi, Cole McWard, Philip Johansson, they've drafted four defensemen. All of a sudden, since the last trade deadline, the Canucks have added seven young defensemen. Mm-hmm. So when you ask me about Ty Smith, I, you know, do you bring Ty Smith in when you just, you know, drafted four defensemen and you, you three is free agents? And the Canucks are trying to sign um, this 2023 third rounder defenseman Hunter Bustavich. They're trying to get him done too. They signed the uh, Kamloops kid, Sawyer Minio. So they're, they're building a good base of young defensemen. And also, I want to get this in. The Canucks are trying to sign uh, their 2020 draft pick, defenseman Jacob Truscott, who's the captain at the University of Michigan. Okay. Final year. If Truscott does not sign with the Canucks, he's going to be a UFA in August. His advisor, Darren Ferris, has got a tendency to take his clients to the free agent market, so we'll keep an eye on that. Canucks did a good job of signing Aiden McDonough 
Remember, uh, Alvin went to Boston to meet with him and his family, had dinner with the uh, advisor, everybody. I think that was in January. I'm sure they're going to work on Truscott, but I can't tell you right now they're going to they're going to sign Truscott. We'll see how it ends up. So when you ask me about Ty Smith, I I, I don't I don't I I I just don't see it. The Canucks have seven new. Uh, young defenseman in the system since that trade deadline last year. So, but time will tell. The Truscott thing's kind of interesting because it's a very similar situation to when Will Lockwood was at the same school, right? Yeah. University well, of Michigan. And, yeah, but but Halford, they, the Canucks did a good. I remember everybody, including Drance and all the media, was negative. Oh, McDonough's not going to sign. McDonough's not going to sign. Well, he signed. Right. You know, and the meeting that Alvin had with his family and his advisor in Boston went a long way in convincing him. The Canucks are going to work on Truscott, believe me. But I, I just, I just know that his advisor. Uh, is he's got a tendency to take his clients to the free agent. We'll monitor it all year anyways. Back to the current Canucks. So Rick Tockett uh, didn't specifically call out the players that failed to impress him last night, but this week he did call out someone by name, and that was Dakota Joshua. Uh, What are you hearing from his camp about how the news was received? Is he got a firm grasp on a a roster spot, or is he in a real battle for a job right now? Well, uh, I'm going to tell you something right now. uh, Mike, it, look, his agent is uh, Rich Evans, uh, a good guy out of White Rock. Actually, if, uh, I see him walking all the time. He, him and I are neighbors almost. Anyways, he's a good guy. You can't agents agents see a coach ripping their client. They're not. They got to tell their client. You got to pick it up. And that's I guarantee you. Rich Evans told his client, uh, Joshua, you got to pick it up. You got to be better. And he's been better in the last two games. Uh, last night, again, you saw some heavy hits. Uh, you saw some good penalty kill. You saw you, it was a wake-up call. But my question to both of you guys is is this. You, you call out Joshua, which is fine. He's not in great shape. But look at the rope Pod Colson's getting. Look at what Tockett said about Pod Colson last night. I liked his effort. You need to work with a kid like that. It, it, you know the old saying, first-round picks get a million chances, mm-hmm. and everybody else gets, uh, you know, essentially not a million, <laughs> you know, maybe one or two or three. Yeah. The rope that Pod Colson is going to get from this organization. Look, I'm going to tell you about Pod Colson. I'm going to tell you this. He is a well-liked kid. Mm-hmm. He is everybody, management, everybody, the players rave about him. He's just a great great kid he's going to get a, he's going to get a lot of time to figure it out from Tockett. and again last night you saw the first goal you saw how scrambly he looked in the slot in the first goal yeah. and Tockett said his reads got to be better but i'm going to tell you right now pod colson is going to get all the time in the world to figure out to figure it out that is clear he's a great kid he's loved by everyone but he goes from miller and besser in training camp to sasan and baines last night mm. and do you think he's so, going to go down to abbotsford because he doesn't yeah, need well, waivers it seems like He's headed there. Yeah, it, it, it does. But okay, so so what do we got in uh, Vasily Podkolson, a 10th overall pick? Uh, guys, he's not trending to be a, a high point producer, top six guy. He's trending to be a bottom six guy in, in, in a lot of people's eyes. It, it, will it hurt his ego and his pride if he goes to Abbotsford? For sure it will. But you got to go down there. The, the, the one good thing that Vancouver fans should be uh, happy about if he does go to Abbotsford is Jerry, Jer, Jeremy Colleton is a good young coach. The Sedins can work with him. You know, they're going to try and try and try and make a player out of him. Mm-hmm. But I, I, if he does go to Abbotsford, just take, uh, the, you know, Colleton's going to work with him. The Sedins are going to work with him. He'll have a good coaching base down in Abbotsford to improve, and, and they got to get him to where they, they think he belongs. But uh, he's going to get uh, Tockett's comments about Pod Colson. Tell me one thing last night, guys. He's going to get a lot of rope and a lot of time to figure it out. 
Rick, you're very good at this, and I got to say, it's very impressive you can do it with Taylor chirping you in the background. Taylor, can you hear Taylor in the background? When you said he's giving too much rope, and you're like, you're getting too much rope. I was like, that's Donnie. Oh, he's not, <laughs> no, he's ripping me. Yeah. No, he's ripping me. Yeah. He's trying, he, he, we got a staff meeting. We got a meeting. You know what? As goofy as our show is and as disorganized it is, we do have meetings. I got a meeting. We got to go. Let's go. See you later. Don't you have three people? Okay, <laughs> that was what the hell was that? He's got a staff meeting. They have three people on this. You irked him with that comment about so, Donnie. So when Rick, when Rick like thinks of anything, yeah, does he just yell about it? Good guy. Just like is he at home? Just be like, uh, comes to mind. It's like, oh, we gotta, we gotta get to get some milk at the grocery store. He's I'm like, going to get some milk. He's like, Randy. I gotta get some milk, and then he turns into an argument. Like, what? You're always talking about how like you, uh, we gotta get milk. Well, well I'm going out right now. We gotta I don't get know. milk. What do you want? Uh, we gotta get milk. Inst- he's like Randy Newman, but instead of singing, he screams. He's screaming about everything he sees. I love Taylor. Yeah. Taylor, it's Rich the- Evans. Taylor in the background. They're giving you a lot of leeway. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, lot he always rope. turns it into like an accusation, though. He's like, yeah. you, you guys see Pod Colson and Pod Colson. You saw Pod Colson last night, right? Yeah. I'm like, I uh, yes. Please don't yes. yell at me. Please don't shout at me. He's an adventure, man. Bert, you're yelling again. Uh, someone asked, did Rick say the Delta Academy boners? Probably. I think he also said Abbotsburg at one point instead of Abbotsburg. Did you suburb of Abbotsburg? <laughs> okay, uh, let's, let's focus Let's do some here. what we learned. So I've got it's a what a, we learned. No, no, no. Okay. Uh, you know what? Let's do what we learned. We also have to do our locks of the week. Don't forget. Those are important. We missed it because Moj was talking about Andouli sausage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> By the way, it's okay if you don't pronounce things right. Okay, I get it. I don't pronounce I've things never very heard well. Of that, so. I don't pronounce things properly sometimes. Jason doesn't pronounce things properly. But to say that it's very hard to find, and then you found it at Save On Foods. <laughs> <laughs> Specialist butcher. Leads me to suggest that it's not like the, uh, the undercover. new chain just popped up. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to, easy to miss. They're all tucked away. You never really see uh, Save uh, On anyway. Foods out and about. I just wanted to put, put that out there. Okay, uh, do you have what we learned? Uh, yes, okay. my what we learned is that uh, the Americans at the Ryder Cup, uh, after going down four nothing, yeah, in the first session of the day, are battling back a little bit. Okay, um, but I just want this weekend of Ryder Cup to be worth watching. Right, and I was a little, even though I'm cheering for Europe, I want Europe to win. When they went up four nothing, and then they started the next Friday session. And it was at one point projected to be 7-1 for Europe. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's good in a way, but I also want this Ryder Cup Sunday to be close and coming down to like the last golfer. Because the don't, last two have I don't want right? it to be. Yeah. That, well, yeah the last two have been complete blowouts. And and it, yeah, on both sides, right? Yeah. The Americans smoked them in the last one. At Whistling at Straits. Whistling Straits. It's a great name. <sighs> Whistling Straits. It shouldn't. It should be for something more elevated than a golf yeah. course. And the Europeans smoked them in Paris last time. So right now the Americans are battling back a little bit, but I kind of want it to finish at like five to three for Europe. Let's just keep this interesting. Projected at five and a half, two and a half right now. Right, but that changes with every single shot. Okay. All right. Um, give us a mukau on that. Mukau him. Um, okay, we can. You know what? Let's jump into the Dunbar Lumber text message in basket now. Get this ball rolling because we got a million like ask us anything's 
and what we learns. Uh, okay, so first off, Dunbar Lumber text line is 650-650. Get them in. It's what we learns or ask us anythings. Uh, what we learns and ask us anythings on a Friday are brought to you by Get Fire Plan. Protect what matters most with comprehensive fire safety plans, monthly audits, and risk mitigation at $200 off. Visit them at getfireplan.com. Oh, my God! We're having a fire plan! Okay, let us begin. Chuck in Vancouver hasn't asked us anything. If you could add a clause to your contract that stated you could opt out of discussions on any one topic on your show, would you choose the Roberto Luongo jersey retirement debate or something else? Okay, there's so many that I would want an opt-out clause that I couldn't boil it down to just one. Anything politics. Yeah, but that's that's such a broad stroke, right? Because now apparently, like, medicine is politics. So, you know. (laughs) Everything's politics. Right. We can't. Science, books, everything. So Yeah, we couldn't talk about live golf then. No, I know. Yeah, so I don't know about that one. Um, It's not because I don't have, like, views on those things. It's because... I don't think I'm going to change my anyone's mind on that, and right. it just angers up the blood of the listenership. Yeah, and it's I mean, it's a morning show, and you've listened to Bruff and I long enough. It's like eh, no one takes these guys seriously the rest of times. <laughs> so to, to thrust us into any sort of uh, conversation that has like stakes or serious emotional involvement or gravitas, mm. as our friend once said, I yeah. But for just sports related ones, um, the jersey this jersey retirement one is right at the top. Because every time you get into the debate, inevitably someone's going to get disrespected, be it the guys that are already in the ring of honor. Mm. I've seen where like then Kirk McLean gets disrespected. Roberto Luongo gets disrespected. Yeah. yeah. Marcus Naslin starts catching strays. He's like, I wasn't involved. What are you blaming me for? Yeah. Stan Smeal's like, you can't. Don't get mad at me. I was mm-hmm. on bad teams. I, my nickname is The Steamer. I tried hard. Like, you know, <laughs> still with the club. How's, yeah, how's like, this, I still work here. How's this for a Canucks discussion? I hear this come up a lot. What? Were the Canucks physical enough in 2011? I'd like to opt out of that conversation because I hear yeah. that all the time. Oh. You've made it to game seven of the Stanley Cup final. I think you were physical enough I think, to win uh, Well, any 20, if I could, you know what? If I could opt out of 2011, just in general. Yeah, that makes sense. I'd love Not to. Not the year because my kid was born then, but the rest of it. Like, yeah, it was just the whole thing. I, I'd love to be able to opt out of it, but my self-discipline doesn't allow me. Like, even when I was listening to Corey Schneider earlier in the week, I'm like, man, he's saying a lot of things that are relevant to this team. Because the bar that we hold, that 2011 team, like, it's a high bar. I know they didn't win the Cup, but it was the best Canucks mm-hmm. team. So, And maybe we shouldn't do this. But it often feels like we're trying to recreate that 2011 team. Even, like, roster-wise, you're like, okay, like, Petey can be Henrik Sedin. Who's the Aaron Rome? Right? Like, and, and, well... Right now? (laughs) But do you know what I mean? Like, you're trying to recreate the roster, but also the personalities. Like, who's going to be the leader? Who's the guy that... But it's because, you know, you, you look for a blueprint on a successful team, and you're like, okay, well... I guess that works too, but we've only had like two blueprints of successful teams, to be honest. Yeah, there's not a lot of blueprints. No. There's a lot of like blueprints for like disastrous seasons. Yeah, plenty of those. Huffer, your kid was born in 2011. Yeah, that could have been a great year for you during the cup no, final. no, I, during I was, the cup final. Born. I think everyone that could have been a great month for you. I think mm, everyone understands that when I talk about I don't want 20. I don't mean the entire year. I basically mean how it ends. I'm just saying if the Canucks right. won though, that would that would have been a banner year for you. But, yeah, it would have uh, been alas. a great year, but. And now it's just, it's a year. Um, Okay. Mike, the urologist from Brockville, ask us anything. Uh, What is the best comic strip in history? Then he writes, and why is it Calvin and Hobbes? 
I Calvin and Hobbes is in the pantheon of greatness, but number one is the far side. Yeah, you know what? Mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've sure. flipped for me. I was I was gonna say yeah, Calvin and Hobbes for sure was my favorite as a kid. But looking back at it now, I think I like far side. More. Calvin and Hobbes is right there. It's like a one A one B. Yeah, but the far side is superior. I liked Herman. Herman wasn't bad. Herman was too close to Ziggy. Do you know Herman was written by a guy who was born in England, okay. and he was in the British Army, and then he was a Bobby, and then uh, a policeman, and then nice. he came to Canada. Did and not know that. He started the comic strip in. Uh, his name is Jim Unger, by the way. Oh yeah. And, right. Okay. And he, I believe, he moved to Ontario first, like Mississauga. He retired and passed away in Saanich. Did not know that. Mm-hmm. I actually used to read that comic. So Herman it, was great. It was all just like, it was basically a lot of like, aren't wives the worst? <laughs> <laughs> it was like Andy Cap. You could do that back in the day. You, now it's not so much. Um, what else was good? For better or for worse, right? That Had was the Lynn Johnson one. Yeah. That was yeah. a, That was like, you know. That, that was really That was that touching. One. That was heartwarming. Yeah, it was Canadian. It was a show Canadian. for a while on, on Teletoon. I know. Oh, it was yeah. It was a very Canadian. It was. Which I, which I approved of. Yeah. Uh, didn't I, keep, I mean, Garfield was incredible, too. Yeah, but those are like, I, I like the deep cut comics. Doonesbury was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, did not Have care. you guys heard of Peanuts? Yeah. <laughs> the Under the Radar It was, it was very Andy popular. Andy came out with that one. He's like, what about Peanuts? I'm like, I think we all know about Peanuts. Bro. I like Tank McNamara. McNamara? <laughs> was that it? Was that the song? McNamara. McNamara. Uh, who was, was that this? a sports one? Yeah, it was, was a sports, sports one, right? Yeah. Who was the soldier? Beetle Bailey? Yeah, I think that's right. And then I didn't really care for Kathy. I didn't care for Kathy either. Yeah. Just like, get your life together. There's some Kathy Kathy listening that just tuned in. (laughs) Sorry, Kathy. Liam and Calgary. Garfield is getting slept on. What? Garfield. Another text. And this is an incredibly deep dive into Herman, a mediocre comic strip. It was not mediocre. It was above average. That was a You know what's a mediocre? Rob's Iron Eagle of comic strips. It was. (laughs) You know, it's the first ever comic strip in East Germany. That's right. You know, six months later, the Berlin Wall fell. Archie and Friends. Hello. Archie's too popular. Oh man, I loved Archie. And they've, they've ruined up, it now with Riverdale. Yes, they did. They didn't need to make a dark Archie. That doesn't that doesn't ruin the old <laughs> comic they're, books. They're me, Darchy. I had stacks yeah. of those things growing up. Yeah, I, but they've 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 ruined it now. It's been ruined. It <laughs> should be a time capsule thing, right? Um, uh, I don't know if this is a moo cow or whatever. Hold on. We need to hold on. You hold also, on. Also, Family Circus wasn't very good. Just putting that out there. I liked it as a kid because I understood it. It's too wholesome. Yeah, it was a little preachy. Yeah. I was like, we get it. Kids are like, great. Yeah. Okay, Jeffy, they'll, you're they'll, better than me. Yeah, they'll right? do some adorable stuff, yeah. right? Okay, awesome. now, now you can mook out the conversation. Okay. This is the best of Halford and Bruff. Download the full show through Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.